Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are thankful for another wonderful day and another opportunity to come before you. I pray, O oh God, that our whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, O oh God, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, O oh God, that you sanctify us wholly cleanse us, purify us. Father, let us be worthy to receive of your word this afternoon. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. I avail myself unto you, O Spirit of God. Use me only as a vessel. Speak to us, purify us, and restore us in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? Wonderful. Great. Well, this afternoon we want to continue sharing from our book, Lycos. We are still in the season 5 to 7. We are still in that season 5 to 7. So we are being fed by our pastor. We are being fed by one great pastor who is feeding the entire Lighthouse Chapel worldwide during this Feeding 527. Amen. Amen. So it's a wonderful season. It's a wonderful period where we get to hear our pastor. And that is in the person of the founder of this church, the presiding bishop, Bishop Doug Heward Mills. Hallelujah. And on his behalf, I want to welcome all of you to this wonderful and a blessed church. Amen. Amen. So we've been sharing for a while, and today we want to continue. Um, I think last week we started sharing from chapter 7. Not sure how many of you were here, but we began sharing from chapter 7. How to share the burden with lay people how to share the burden with lay people. The work of God is a lot of work, and it cannot be done by one person. The work of God is a lot, and one person cannot do it. And so God expects that simple people, ordinary people, Church members all rise up to be a part of this great work, to also put your hand in what God is doing. Hallelujah. And so God is inviting all of us to share the burden. Amen. Amen. Moses, a great man of God, Moses, someone that God appeared to, that God gave a task to, God realized that he alone cannot do the work. 
and that he needed help. Hallelujah. He needed help. And if he needed help, then every pastor would need help. Amen. Jesus Christ needed help. The Bible says Jesus went to all the cities and all the villages and healed all sicknesses and all diseases. He had gone to all the cities and all the villages and had healed all different sicknesses. And then he lifted up his eyes and then he saw another set of multitude coming. And the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion because they appear as if they were sheep that had no flock and they were scattered. Hallelujah. When he saw that, when he realized that after I had gone to all the villages and all the cities and when he thought he had healed all the sicknesses, he realized that the work is a lot. And so he said, the harvest truly is plenteous. The harvest truly is plenteous. Therefore, pray ye the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers, because I alone, even Jesus, realized that he alone cannot do the work. Amen. Amen. So how to share the burden with lay people? And lay people is you and me. We are lay people. We are the lay people. People who cannot give ourselves Holy to the work of God. People who want to work and do the work of God. Isn't that you? Did you not work from Monday to Friday? And you are here today doing the work of God. Singing for God. Playing instruments for God. Preaching for God. Worshipping God. You are a lay person. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So this is Moses in Numbers chapter 11 and verse 16. Numbers chapter 11 and verse 16. Here is another pastor, another great and anointed pastor. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel. Who said unto Moses? The Lord. The Lord Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of Israel. Whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them. This was God talking to Moses. Talking to Moses to select 70 people. If your pastor chooses you, you know sometimes your pastor will just say, I need you to do this. Take that as God is really calling you to do something. People may have thought that Moses has favorites among them and he selected 70. But it was God who told Moses, you choose 70 men whom thou knowest to be elders. Whom Moses knowest to be elders. They may, be, they may feel themselves they have been around for a long time and so they are elders. But according to the pastor, they were not elders. So he would choose people that he feel they are elders. Amen. Amen. So he said, choose 70, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that I may stand there with thee, 
and I will come down and talk with thee there because of the 70. Because of the 70. When your pastor chooses you to do something, because of you, God will come down. Because you have been chosen, God will come down. He says, and I will come down when you have chosen these 70. And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them. God will come down when your pastor has selected you. I need you to do this. For your sake, God will come down. So desire, desire that God, your pastor will ask you to do something. Let it be a burden. Pray that may the pastor ask me to do something for God. Don't let it be wise in your heart and in your mind that as for me, I come and I go. Nobody disturbs me. No, no, that should not be your desire. That the pastor has asked me to do something. For that reason, God will come down. God will come down. He says, and we'll put it, he says, and I will take the spirit which is upon thee. He will take the spirit which is upon Moses and will put it upon them. God will take the spirit that is upon Moses and he will put that spirit upon the other 70. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee. They shall bear the burden of the people with thee. That thou bearest it not thyself alone. God did not want, God realized that the way things are, Moses is ready to burn out. If I don't give help, if I don't select men to help Moses, he is going to burn out. So he says, choose 70, choose 70. God realized that the work cannot be done by one man. If he's going to get these people to the promised land, it cannot be done by one man. Amen. Amen. And these people that the Lord had chosen, Moses had chosen, God is going to make them think like Moses. God is going to make them do things like Moses. God is going to make them make the same mistakes like Moses. Because that same spirit that was upon Moses, he will take and he will put that same spirit upon them. Amen. And so if your pastor sends someone to visit you, receive that person as though your pastor himself has come to visit you. If, if someone calls you on behalf of the pastor, understand and see that it is the same spirit that is upon this person who is calling me also. Hallelujah. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? How many of you agree that there is a need for many people to join in this work? If God realized that Moses cannot do this work by himself, then God understands that I also need you to help. Hallelujah. There should be lay ministers from this church. There should be many laymen and women, people who are working for God in this church. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Last week, last Friday, we shared a very powerful scripture as we were praying. And we realized that it is not the wish of God. God does not want anyone to be idle in his house. Hallelujah. 
God does not want anyone to be idle in his house. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is not the will of God that any one of us stay idle. Hallelujah. So last week we began going through some of the points. And I think we gave one point and we say lay people will help you deal with ungrateful and forgetful sheep. Lay people will help you deal with ungrateful and forgetful sheep. When you have a lot of people doing the work, it will help the pastor deal with the ungrateful and forgetful people that are in the church. Amen. 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 There are ungrateful and forgetful people. Christians can be ungrateful. Christians can be forgetful. Hallelujah. Christians can easily forget the good that has been done for them. Amen. There is this king. Let's read um, 2 Chronicles chapter 32. 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 24. 2 Chronicles 32 and verse 24. It says, in those days, Hezekiah was sick to the death. This man was dying and prayed unto the Lord, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. Verse 25. But Hezekiah rendered not according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore there was wrath upon him and upon Judah, Jerusalem. People are ungrateful for what God has done for them. People do not remember what God has done for them. Look, God does not take pleasure in people who are ungrateful. God does not take pleasure in people who are forgetful. If God has done something for you and you do not remember it and you do not acknowledge it. And you see, a lot of times what makes us not grateful, it is the increase that God has brought us or the, 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 the benefit that God has brought us bring certain pride in us. He says his heart was lifted up. The man was dying. I have not seen one dying person who is proud. Maybe you may have seen one. But in a place where I work, I see people die every day. I see people die every day and I have not seen a dying person who is proud. When someone is sick on his deathbed, He is very humble. And when God shows up and God lifts you up, he says that this was Hezekiah. He was on his deathbed and he prayed to God and God heard him. And God added some years to him. And the Bible says his heart was lifted up. His heart was lifted up. Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. Hallelujah. In a very fruitful hill. Amen. God builds you In a very fruitful hill. Not in an ordinary hill. 
not any ordinary place, but in a very fruitful hill. Hallelujah. You are God's garden. Do you know that? You are God's husbandry. You are God's garden. And he says, he does not plant his vineyard anywhere, just like that. But he plants his vineyard in a very fruitful hill. A very fruitful hill. Now, when you plant a vineyard or when you plant a garden in a very fruitful hill, what do you expect from the garden? You expect good fruits. You don't expect ingratitude. You don't expect forgetfulness. Verse 2. He says, and he fenced it. God has built a fence around you. God has built a fence around you. And gathered out the stones thereof. And planted it with the choicest vine. God fenced you. You are his vineyard. You are his garden. And he says, he gathered out. He removed out the stones. When there are stones in the garden, nothing can grow. Stones speaks of difficult situations. Stones talk of impossible situations. Some of you had impossible situations in your life. Some of you had difficult situations in your life. And God gathered out these stones out of your lives. Some of you had court cases that were impossible cases. Some of you had marriages that were difficult marriages. Some of you had childbirth issues that were difficult issues. Some of you had financial situations that were difficult. Some of you had illnesses that were like stones. Doctors could not break the illness. Amen. Amen. And he says, he gathered out the stones thereof. He gathered out. He removed all these stones from your life. He removed all these stones from your life. Planted you in a very fruitful hill. Some of you, the food that you will eat the next day was a big prayer. It was a big prayer to pray about what you will eat the next day. Today, you don't even pray about... How many of you prayed last night, Lord, concerning tomorrow? Give me my daily bread. What, what, what I will eat the next day? How many of you, how, how you prayed this prayer that last night you were worried about what you will eat today? None. Nobody here. Because God has planted you in a fruitful hill. In a fruitful hill. He removed these stones from your life. Remove stones from your life. Amen. Today you have choices about drinks. You know, you will drink, you know what is called minerals. Somebody came to this country and went to a store and he says, I want minerals. And they say, what is minerals? You see, today you don't even remember what is minerals. He <laughs> says, what is minerals? He says, I want minerals. He says, we don't have minerals. He says, because I'm coming from Africa, you don't want to sell me minerals. I see minerals in your fridge. You say you don't have minerals. Do you know what is minerals? How many of you do not know what is minerals? 
other people, they call soda minerals. So, you, 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 you used to drink minerals once a year. Once a year. During Christmas, that is when you will drink minerals. And, and no one will give you a whole bottle of minerals. They take a cup and they pour some for you and then they measure amongst your siblings and then they put it together and the older one, they make it a little higher so you feel you are older. That was your situation. I said, that was your situation. Today you say, I, I, I want Diet Coke. You say, I want Dr. Pepper. Today you have a choice. And even Coke, they have variety now. I want vanilla Coke. Do you have vanilla Coke, please? Do you have cherry Coke, please? You have a choice of variety because God has planted you in a fruitful hill. In a fruitful hill. In a fruitful hill. Today, when you wake up in the morning and you go to the bathroom, your eyes are closed. And then you walk to the bathroom. You know what your bathroom is in your apartment. Let me not remind you of certain places. Let me not begin to remind you. You used to take a trip to go to the bathroom. You have to go a few blocks. And you have an emergency because of what you ate last night. But you stay online and you wait. Today, you close your eyes. You rise up in the morning and you don't want to open your eyes because the sleep will leave you. So you want to go and come back and continue your sleep. But there was a time in your life where you could not afford to close your eyes because you have to make certain steps. You have to jump certain steps. Otherwise, otherwise you step on certain things that you don't like. God has planted you in a fruitful hill. I said, God has planted you in a fruitful hill. Amen. Today you go to the store and you say, I want downy. They don't have downy. I'm not buying. This one is not soft. I want, I want I'm talking about toilet tissue. They have variety. You have different variety. He said, this one is not soft. What do you use? No. That is too hard. That is too hard. You are talking about that is too hard. There was a time in your life. There was a time in your life. When you eat your popcorn, you don't throw it out. You don't throw your corn the corn cup, you don't throw it out. That was your toilet tissue. 
Let me not remind you of certain things. Some of you, some of you, the corners on your house. Some of you, the corners, look. Don't, don't preach. The corner, the corner. The corner on your house. Edges, edges. You think I don't remember? You don't remember. Newspaper was luxury. You couldn't afford the newspaper. The newspaper was luxury. So the corner, the corner, when you go to the bathroom, the corner. So you look for the one which was not recently used. Today you say, I want the soft one. I want this. I want that. You seem to have forgotten already. You seem to have forgotten already. So he says, he and, and planted it with the choicest vine. Choicest vine. Planted it with the choicest vine. The places where you were walking, you had no dream. You had no dream, no dream that you, you will be chosen and be planted in a choices, in a, in a fruitful hill. The places where you were walking. He says, and planted it with a choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it. He has built a tower to overlook this vineyard, to protect this vineyard. He has built a fence, a hedge around you, and there is a tower in the midst of it to overlook you. God neither slumbers nor sleeps, watching over you, watching over you, preserving you. You're going and you're coming. He commands his angels to watch over you, to protect you. The places where the places where you have driven, the places where you have sat in a car in a past, many cars passed there and the people never went back home. Many cars. Sometimes when I drive on the highway, the same highway that we drive to go home, and I see accident, and I see accident, and I see how the cars are wrecked, and I say, is this the same place that we drive and we go and we come? The Lord preserves you. Hallelujah. And also made a wine press therein. Listen. When you make a vineyard, you have just planted a vineyard, and you make a wine press. Do you know what is a wine press? It is what we use to make the wine. It means that you are expecting that there will be grapes coming out. There will be some fruits coming from this vineyard. That is why you have planted a wine press, waiting for the fruits to come out so you can use the fruits. Do you understand? He also made a wine press therein, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes. God has brought you far. God has done miracles in your life. God has preserved you. There was an impossible situation. You, could, you didn't think they could even grant you that visa to come here. But God made a way for you. I said, God has done so great for you. 
And he looked and waited as he has planted his vineyard in a fruitful hill, hedged around it with his protection over you. And he looked that you will bring forth some fruits. And it brought forth wild grapes. God was looking for some fruits from you, but you are giving him wild grapes. You are giving him grapes that is not eatable. God has done so many things for you. Even coming to serve him is a difficult situation for you. And it's because of the fruitful hill where he planted you. So he says, verse 3, so he says, and now, oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. God is saying, you be the judge between me and my vineyard. Between what I have planted, between this person and me, you be the judge. You be the judge. He says, judge between me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done it? What could have been done that I have not done? Your life could have been cut short, but I have preserved you. I have made provision for you. Today, you don't need to worry about what you will eat. What else could have been done? You needed a job. I opened a door for you. You needed children. I gave them to you. You needed this and I made it for you. What else could have been done? He says, what could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? He planted in a fruitful hill. And he planted in it the choicest vine. The choicest vine. The choicest vine. You see, sometimes you don't remember, but cast your eye back, cast back, cast back, and look. Look at some of your colleagues. You were planted with a choicest vine. God selected you out of your colleagues. Look at the people you went to school with. Look, the nursing degree, a lot of people also have it. But they don't have what you have. The visa, a lot of people wanted it, but they didn't get it. A lot of people wanted it, but they didn't get it. The marriage, a lot of women want to marry, but they couldn't. He says, what else could I have done to my vineyard? What else could I have done to my vineyard? What else could I have done to my vineyard? You wanted to go to school, God made way for you. You cried unto him, this, uh, my board exams helped me to pass. He has made you pass. He has helped you. What else could he have done? He said, what else could I have done to my vineyard? What could have been done more to my vineyard? That I have not done in it. Wherefore, when I looked, that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. He says, look at all that I have put in it. What else could I have done that I waited for it to bring me some fruits, to join in my work and do some work, to join to visit someone, to join to fellowship with someone, to join to witness to someone. What else could I not have done? Members of Lighthouse, there is a lot that has been done in your life. A lot has been done in your life. What else? The messages, we have shared them. The books, they are available. 
The messages are available to you. What else? What else? Prayer upon prayer for your protection. Some of you, we just need to cast our eye back a few years in our church. Let's cast our eye back a few years in our church. Today, we struggle even to find spots in our parking lot. What else could I have done? What else? That is what the Lord is saying. What else? That I expected fruits and they gave me wild grapes. It was your prayer. It was your prayer. Daily prayer. Lord, give me this. Give me this. Give me this. And he gave you. And today you are giving him wild grapes. You don't even care. You don't care. And when we call you, you think it's even a bother. What else could I have done? Verse 5. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. He says, now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof. And it shall be eaten up. And break down the wall thereof. And it shall be trodden down. Is that what the Lord should do to you? Is that what the Lord should do? He looked at Moses and he says, the, Lord, the work is a lot. Bring 70 others. Let me bless them so they will do the work with you. That is all he's asking of you. To join what God is doing. To join in the work that he's doing. I said, when God put me in that situation, to just reflect the things that he had done in my life, the stones that he has removed from my life, I broke down. I broke down. This moment, I want you to cast your mind back. Cast your mind back to certain difficult situations, complex situations, impossible situations, sicknesses. You were at the point of death. You were afraid you were going to die. And the Lord delivered you. And he had plans. He was expecting grapes from you. But you are giving him wild grapes today. So he says, what else could I have done? And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned, nor digged. But there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. Is this what we want the Lord to do to us? He says, I will lay it waste. All he's asking is that join in the work. Join in the work. Else I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned. It shall not be trimmed. Look, it is the Lord who prunes your life. It is the Lord who prunes your life. Hallelujah. Adelaide, it's the Lord who prunes our lives. What we have become today is because of the Lord. What we are today is because of the Lord. Think about it. Why not someone else? Why not someone? Today you are sitting here is because of the Lord. I have seen young people just like you and I dying. I have seen it. They just go to work and they come home. One day, there was a, a young woman that I worked with, and a very intelligent woman, and um, she, 
She was one of the nurses, and she got a promotion. She went to another hospital, and she, the next thing I heard, you know, I met her in front of the hospital, and she's driving this beautiful car, and she's dressed nicely. And she had, um, she had um, a shades, dark shades on top of her head. I remember this picture very well. And it was a sunny day. And she saw me in front of the hospital, and she got out of the car. And then she came to give me a hug, and I was so happy for her. And then she showed me, she said, look at my finger, I got married. He says, things are happening, good things are happening to me. I got married. And now the position, I said, do you like the job? He said, I love it. And I could see the energy, the joy in her. And the next thing I heard, oh, she told me, she says, I'm pregnant. I am pregnant. And a few weeks, I think about two weeks, that I saw her, they called us and said, she's dead. She died. Her husband went to work, and her husband didn't call. And she didn't call. The husband did not receive any call. So her husband was busy at work. And when he got time, he called, and no one responded. He called, and no one responded. So he went home. He worked. At the end of the day, he went home. The wife was still in bed. She had blood in her head. An aneurysm just busted and blood in her head. She just died. Just like that. Full of energy. Full of energy. What else could I have done? This woman here, I was sharing with her last week, Tuesday. The Lord has been good to you, Jackie. The Lord has been good to you. I met her in the hospital. The same thing. But she's sitting here today. So ask yourself, why? Why? Why does God select this person? And why does God choose this person? He says, and planted you with a choicest vine. Planted you with a choicest vine. A few weeks ago, I told her, I said, there is another person in the hospital the same thing. And I want you to talk to her. Just encourage her. She gave her life to Christ in the hospital. This woman here. This other woman, I went to her and I said, if you are alive today and you can hear me and you, we can talk, is the grace of God. I want you to give your life to Christ. She gave her life to Christ. I'm glad, thank God, she did. She did well. She left the hospital. Today, she's back in the hospital. She's like a vegetable. The same disease. So to think about it and say, why me? Why did the Lord choose me and make me like this? Why did the Lord choose me and plant me in a fruitful hill and has done this to me? Beloved, he's expecting something from you. He says, and when I expected grapes from him, you gave me wild grapes. You gave me wild grapes. 
And the Lord is asking, what else could I have done that I have not done? What else could I have done to my vineyard? Number two, lay people will help you overcome this loyalty in the congregation. Let's try and finish this chapter. I get very emotional when I begin to talk about these things. I get very emotional when I drive my car and I get home and I take my key and I open the car key. You see, you don't see how good God has been to you. You think you have a good car or you think you drive well. Lay people will help you overcome disloyalty in the congregation. It says, lay people who are loyal will report what is going on in the congregation. We need more people to become laymen in the church. They will report what is going on in the congregation. If you are a worker in the church, you need to report to the pastor what is going on amongst your friends. You need to report to the pastor what is going on in your ministry. He says, lay people or people who, lay people who are loyal will report what is going on in the congregation. You see, if the shepherd does not know the state of the flock, he cannot pastor them well. So it is not grievous that your issue is being told to the pastor. That is the only way you can be helped. Some of you, you have issues you don't want the pastor to know. Sometimes I hear some of you, you take trips and go to places to do things. You see, you think I don't know all of these things, but you don't tell me, but I know. You hear, look, God will give you a mother who has milk in her breast. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? When the mother is pregnant, there will be no milk in her breast. When the mother gives birth to the child, there will be milk in the breast. If you are a child in this house, God will give us milk for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, if you are a child in this house, God will, and it does not matter, whoever you, if you consider yourself a child in this house, God will give you milk in my breast for you. If you are a child in this house, when I pray for you, I believe that it will happen. When I lay my hands for you, on you and I pray for you, I believe that the words that I speak, they will happen to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because God will give me milk for you. When a, woman is not, when a woman does not have a child, there's no milk in her breast. So if you, if you are someone's child and you run to another woman... You will suck that woman's breast. There will be no milk coming in. I am telling you. You will just, you will, your jaws will hurt. Your jaws will begin to hurt. And the same way, if you don't consider yourself a child in this house, things will not happen to you. Coming to church will be painful to you. The words that I speak, they'll be painful to you. It says, though Judas walked with walked and ministered with Jesus for three years, he eventually betrayed him for a small amount of money. Betrayal is a part of ministry. It is also a part of life. If you have yet to, be, to experience betrayal, then I can assure you that you are definitely going to experience it. 
Betrayal is part of life. There are some of you, people promise to marry you and they have betrayed you. People have promised to give you jobs. They have betrayed you. People have promised that they will take you to their jobs and their bosses will give you a job. They have betrayed you. You ask them today, they say this. You ask them tomorrow, they see you and then they pass somewhere else. Betrayal is part of life. If they betray Christ, you understand that they will betray you also. Amen. Now the disturbing thing about betrayal is that it comes from people who are supposedly close to you. That is what is disturbing about betrayal. When people who are very close to you betray you, it is very painful. And the people who are close to you are the ones who will betray you. Amen. Amen. They are the ones who betray you. You are not greater than Jesus. The fact that someone may betray you one day makes it very difficult for you to happily interact and flow with the people. It is true. Yes. Knowing that you'll be betrayed one day, sometimes it becomes so difficult to open up to people. I believe that is why some of you, you have not opened up even for your pastor to know you. Because of your experiences of betrayal. Amen. Some of you don't even want me to visit you. Ask your neighbor, is that you? Is that you? Up to today. Up to today. Because you have experienced some betrayal and you can't even open up. Amen. Amen. But it makes it painful. You see, one day, there was someone in the church. Anyway, you know, I'm not going to share that. It's okay. Hallelujah. David said, Psalm 41 verse 9. He said, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, had lifted up his heel against me. Their own friend. People who know you. People that you open your homes to. People that you welcome. People who will stay and sleep in your own home and eat your food. They are the ones that will betray you. And that is very painful. But you see, when we have, when we have laymen, when we have others, loyal people who are working in the church, they encourage you and they let you know that we are not all like that. Not all of us are like that. So open up to us. Amen. Open up to us. Paul experienced sudden desertion by some of his colleagues, like Demas. Hallelujah. Paul experienced desertion from some of his colleagues. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 9. Quickly. He says, do thy diligence. This was Paul writing to Timothy. He said, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For demons had forsaken me. Demons was a very close associate with Paul. So he says, demons has forsaken me. Having loved this present world, the love of this world caused Christians to forsake their pastors, to forsake God, to forsake the church. The love of this present world, the love of money, the love of clothing, the love of property, the love of you want to build a house, they will cause you to desert and leave. 
says, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Grecians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, verse 11. He says, only Luke is with me. Thank God for the looks in the church. I said, thank God for laymen men looks in the church. They will support you. Become a look in the church. That when people are deserted, you will not desert. He said, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. May you be profitable to your pastor in the ministry. How many of you are going to be profitable in the ministry? May you be profitable. May you be profitable. Obey. May you be profitable in the ministry. Hallelujah. May you be profitable in the ministry. He says, and Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. Verse 13. The cloak that I left at Troas and Capus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchment. Every great man of God likes books. Verse 14. Alexander the Coppersman did me much evil. Alexander the Coppersman. May the Lord deliver you from the spirit of Alexander the Coppersman. He said, he did me much evil. Someone did me much evil in this church. Much evil. Much evil. May the Lord deliver this church from the Alexander the Coppersmith spirit. He said, Alexander the Coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. You see, that is not a good prayer for a pastor to pray for you. Of whom be thou where also? He said, you be careful of him. For he had greatly withstood our words. He fought our preaching. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Verse 18, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto, the, unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that a powerful scripture? The next one, 19, it says, salute Priscilla, salute Prisca. You see, there are good people in the church. Yeah. Say to your neighbor, you are a good church member. That is why I feel blessed in this church. There are good people in this church. I said there are good people in this church. I am blessed to have such great people in this church. He says, salute Prisca and Aquila. Do you remember Aquila? And the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum. Sick. He's sick. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus greeted thee, and Prudence, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. May there be Claudius in the church. May there be Eubulus in the church. May there be more Eubulus. Say, I am a Eubulus. I am a Claudia. Claudia, may there be more of you in the church. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus Christ, be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. May grace be with you. Hallelujah. Thank God for loyal laymen. 
Thank God for laymen who are loyal. Hallelujah. The presence of committed lay people will help, always help to share the burden of abandonment. When you feel abandoned, you always have all these people around you. Then you feel that they can go, but I still have these people to support me. God wants us to be involved in his work. God wants us to be shepherds. Hallelujah. Number three, lay people will help to deal with disrespectful and rebellious church members. Lay people will help to deal with disrespectful and rebellious church members. When we have lay people, when we have, you see, when all of you are part of what we are doing, do you understand? When you are all doing the work, you will help to deal with people who are disrespectful. And you will help to deal with people who are rebellious. You will not tolerate certain conversation. If you are a part of the work, if you are doing some of the work, you will not tolerate certain conversation. Eric, isn't that true? Yes. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. And verse 1. You just... And Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses. Do you know Miriam and Aaron? Let me see by hand. If you don't know, you have not heard of them. You don't know Miriam. You don't know Aaron. These are Moses' brother and sister. It says, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. You see, Miriam was older sister who was bathing Moses when Moses was a baby. When they found him on the river, they gave him to Moses' mother. Miriam was helping take care of the child. Do you remember how your older sister, I remember my older sister used to chase me around <laughs> to bathe me <laughs> because I didn't want to take a shower and he would chase, she would chase me around. Then when she catches me, she whip my back. You see, that is what Miriam was doing to Moses. Moses didn't want to take a shower. And he will catch, she will catch him, whip his back. Because, you see, my sister, she's angry already beating me. That they have given her this assignment. And you are also making her run around. So when she catches me, with all her anger, my back is on fire. Do you understand? Some of you are imagining all kinds of things. May the Lord forgive your sins for all your imagination. Imagine a little pastor running around. May the Lord forgive you. He says, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman. You don't like the scripture? Because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Listen to this. He says, Miriam, you see, sometimes we know, we think we know the law. And so we think we can speak. He says, Miriam and Aaron, they speak against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Because God has told them they should not marry foreigners. Do you see? So they, think, they thought they had the audacity to now speak against Moses. So they spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. And listen to what the word of God says. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So God is saying, yes, he had married an Ethiopian woman. He had married an Ethiopian woman. True, it's not a lie. He had married an Ethiopian woman. And the next verse, the Bible says, And they said, had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? 
So you see, sometimes when they see a little weakness in the pastor's life, they feel, we, we have not even married foreigners. You see, that is how they feel. We have not married foreigners. The pastor has gone against the word of God. So now, they say, had the Lord only spoken to Moses, had he not spoken also by us, when? When? When did the Lord speak to Miriam? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord, 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 and the Lord had it. When you are in your cars, when you are at home, when you are on the phone and you are talking, when you are in your bedrooms and you are talking about the pastor, the Lord hears it. The Lord hears it. When you are talking about someone who is doing work in the church, the Lord hears it. The Lord hears it. This one too, when did he come? That he is commanding us here and there, instructing us by heart. How old is he? When did he come? The Lord hears it. He says, and the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses, look at this. The man Moses was very meek. This is not, this is the word of God. This is what God is saying. He says, the man Moses was very meek. Do you know, do you understand what is meekness? It's like brother David. Very meek. So you see, if this man, if this man is answering you, and he says, I would like you to sit here, and then he's, you, you just... And then as you, you sit anywhere you want and then you are sorting him in your head, the Lord hears it. I said, the Lord hears it. He says, and the Lord heard it. And the Lord, the Bible says, now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. God singles out one man to be the humblest man in the world. And you are talking about him. Verse 4, and the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses. Beloved, sometimes the Lord may not respond suddenly to what you are saying, but doesn't mean that he did not hear it. There were others who spoke about Moses, but the Lord did not respond suddenly. Do you understand? Sometimes you have no idea. You open your mouth to say something, and suddenly the Lord has closed that door. That door, that door that you are looking, close it suddenly because of your words. Sometimes because of your words, the words that you say, suddenly you go to work and then they are fired. You are fired. Suddenly. Be careful when we are dealing with the Lord. He says, and the Lord heard it. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Right there. Come out, you three, onto the tabernacle of the congregation. And the three came out. He says, come out, you three. One, two, three. Come, come, come. One, two, three. Come. And then they came. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. And stood in the door of the tabernacle. And called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. You see, he called the three. And he says, you, Miriam, Aaron, come, 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 come. 
And then they came to Stanford. And he said, hear now my words. Hear now. Open your ears. You want to hear me? Hear now my words. You think I have spoken to you? Hear now my words. Now you are hearing me. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Do you understand? Listen. He says, God is saying, if there is a prophet, even if you, Aaron and Miriam, if you were prophets, I, the Lord, I, if you were prophet among the people, I, the Lord, I will make myself known unto you in a vision. In a vision. That's the best to the prophet. In a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. That is how I will even reveal myself to the prophet, even if you are a prophet. The next verse. My servant Moses is not so. My servant Moses is not so. Who is faithful in all my house. Beloved, be careful with someone who is faithful in the house of God. Be careful with someone who is faithful. When you are talking about someone who is faithful in the house of God, be very careful. He says, my servant Moses, who is faithful in all my house. The next verse. He says, with him I will speak mouth to mouth. Even apparently. That means clearly. I will speak with my servant Moses mouth to mouth. Not in dreams, not in visions. Like I speak to the other prophets. Not with my servant Moses. Him I will speak mouth to mouth. Mini winning. I will speak mouth to mouth. Even apparently. Clearly. In a language that he understands. And not in dark speeches. I'm not speaking to him in tongues. Not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Moses sees the image of God. My other servants, I reveal myself in dreams and in visions. Not so with my servant Moses. The similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. He just left. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Aaron looked and saw that she was leprous. I want you to see a great revelation in this scripture. It was Miriam and Aaron who spoke against Moses. Aaron was in the priestly line. Aaron was a Levite. Miriam was not. Sometimes there's a man of God. Sometimes someone can say something and get away with it, but you cannot. You don't have the authority. You are not in that position. It was Miriam and Aaron that spoke, but Miriam became leprous. Hallelujah. Be careful. Tell your neighbor, be careful. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, 
when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. Isn't the person that you should speak against? What else can a pastor do? What, what evil can a pastor do you? Is the pastor the person that you should speak against? Look at what has happened to Miriam. And the pastor cried. He says, oh Lord, oh God, I beseech thee, heal her now. Heal her. Heal her. And the Lord said unto Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be receiving again. And the camp, the next verse, it says, And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days. And the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. Sometimes your speech can bring the whole congregation to a halt because of what you say. Sometimes one thing that you will say, it will make 50 members leave the church. Just you open your mouth to say something. The growth will come to a halt because of something that you say. Something that you open your mouth to say, it will cause a standstill in the church. Miriam, for her, for her deed, the camp was at a standstill. They could not move for seven days. There were seven extra days added to their journey because of Miriam. May the Lord deliver you from that. He says, with familiarity. You see, familiarity. He says, we need lay people who will sort out disrespectful and rebellious church members for you. You always need people on the ground to deal with church members who make light of pastors. We always need people like that. Look, it is not a sin to deal with church members who, make, who, who, who mock pastors, who joke with the church. We, we need people to rise up. We need lay people. Lay, you see, when you are doing the work of God, you don't tolerate certain conversation. When you are part of what we are doing, you do not tolerate certain conversation. I don't remember what service, but I was sharing with you that to move this altar, to bring it here, and you are sitting down, and you are not part of the people who are moving this, and you, can't, you realize that throughout the service, we are only able to move the altar here, you will complain. You will say, look at how many people are moving this, and they couldn't move it. But when you join, when you join, then you realize the reason why they could not move it this far you realize that the thing is very heavy. So when you join in what we are doing, you will appreciate it and you will not murmur. Amen. 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 Miriam and Aaron, the closest assistants and closest relatives, spoke against Moses. They most, they most probably said things like, God also speaks by us. Are you the only one that God uses? With time, familiarity creeps in. And arrogant people now consider you as an equal. With time, with time, familiarity creeps in. With time, we become familiar. May, you, may the Lord deliver you from familiarity. There are even certain things that you should refrain from doing with your pastor so that you don't become familiar. May the Lord deliver you from familiarity. Amen. I say, may the Lord deliver you from familiarity. Pray against familiarity that you would never become familiar. It was familiarity that made Miriam and Aaron speak like that. That is why I admire Bishop Eddie and Bishop Saki so much. 
For all the years that they have been with Bishop, familiarity has not crept in. They treat the bishop with, with, with awe. They treat him, they receive him with awe. If you hear them talking about bishop, you will not even think that there were three of them that started the church. They still receive him with such awe. They receive him in that light. And for that reason, God has anointed them powerfully. And that is the reason why they are still doing what they are doing. May the Lord deliver you from familiarity. You see, Reverend say, when he talks about bishop, you see the respect, the honor. And he was bishop's classmate and roommate. They were sleeping in the same room when they were in the university. So the bishop can be himself around him. Do you understand? So last Friday, he said he was with a bishop. And an idea dropped in his heart. And then he jumped and he was running. You see, he respects that. He admires that. And you heard how he was talking about it. That, that shows him, for him, that shows him that the man loves the things of God. May the Lord deliver you from familiarity. Hallelujah. We need lay people who will deal with disrespectful and rebellious people. Disrespectful and rebellious people in the church. The Koras and the Datans, the Abirams. We need lay people who will deal with them. Hallelujah. May you be that lay man that will deal with them. May you be that lay man, lay man that will work, that will deal with familiarity. May you be that lay man that will deal with the people who are disrespectful in the church. People who are rebellious in the church. May the Lord deliver you from familiarity. May the Lord cause you always to see your pastor in awe and to receive him in that light. In the name of Jesus. I don't think we can finish this chapter, but um, stand to your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. We, we are having communion this afternoon. Number four, good lay people encourage others to respond positively to the word. Lay people will respond positively to the word and they will help others to respond positively to the word. Lay people will cause the church to expand by becoming part of the workforce. And number six, lay people will help you with prayer, visitation, counseling, and interaction. And lay people will help you to account for the sheep in the day of judgment. Oh, Father, we are thankful and grateful. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We are coming to the Lord's table. We want to receive communion.
around us. You build a tower in our midst. And Lord, you build a wine press and you expected fruits from us. You expected grapes from us. You expected good grapes from us. And Lord, we brought you wild grapes. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, oh God. And cleanse us and purify us and make us worthy once again, oh God, to be in your presence. If there is anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You lift up your hand. Right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Christ? Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus? If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. 
Is there anyone else? You want to join? You want to give your life to Christ? Anyone here like that? If you have lifted up your hand, I want you to come forward. Come here with me. Come here. Come here. Jesus, thank you for dying for me this afternoon. I come before you just as I am. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. Lord Jesus, please cleanse me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you, Lord, for welcoming him to your kingdom. I pray, Lord, let there be a hedge around him. You say you chose this one and you planted him on a very fruitful hill. I pray, oh God, in his life, oh God, plant only choices vine. And I pray, oh God, by your grace, may he bring forth good fruits. May he bring forth grapes in the name of Jesus. May he never bring forth wild grapes in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. My brother, what's your name? Mark Martinez. God bless you, man. God bless you. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.